You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Mark. What's up? What's happening? A lot. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Of course, your calls, your texts, always welcome. It is called the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. As we typically do, we start with some headlines. Jotted a few down this morning, quite frankly, pretty lengthy list. I am so happy we finally have headlines. Uh, I feel like the past couple of days we've had maybe three or four a day. Uh, and had to stretch those out. But today, got lots of news. All right. Where do you want to start? Uh, you want to start with your World Cup? Why do you say it that way? Well, I, I mean, I figure it's probably the biggest news in your your mind, right? Uh, let's start there. Before we get to our World Cup update, I want to know what lame excuse you came up with so you would not watch the World Cup. Well, I, I actually was working yesterday, but I did have it on in the background. Uh-huh. And then it just kind of. Left the air. And then you can tell the truth. So the wife pressured you a little bit. The wife walked in and was like, hey, are you watching this? And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you call that pressuring. Pretty, you weren't able to fight pretty, for your World Cup. Pretty easy victory you for my wife. You were not willing to put your foot no, down man. to watch the World no, Cup. No, Save it for another day. Yes, you got to pick your battles. I'm when America's battle. got talents on or something, you're like, no, I'm watching this. We can't turn it. No, Aaron, you're the only one who watches America's Got Talent. Oh, I strongly disagree. <laughs> who else out there watches America's Got Talent? Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven. Yes, we, we want to group you in with Aaron Dietrich. Uh, I, I shouldn't say this, but there's another show on the air, and I make fun of people that watch it. And it's on K and O E, Big Brother, and how that is still on the air, I have no clue. Yeah, I, I'm not into all that. But we digress. So Jake made up another lame excuse. He flips the channel and he misses. The World Cup, the semifinal action. It is our World Cup update. La pelota para Rakitic, va abriendo para Montoya. Está esperando Suárez, espera Suárez en diagonal. Pero muy ancha, la pelota alcanza a enganchar la pelota a Cerva este lado. Queda un hombre para la marca, le queda atrás a Suárez. Goloso del Barça. This was a fun match. This was good stuff. This was must-see TV. This was high drama. You know what I thought was the best part of this? The reactions on Twitter, like, you know, the England people at the bar. I don't know how many people that were that was. And then uh, what were they at? Like some kind of stadium, too? I mean, those reactions were the throwing the beer in the air. That's awesome. Yes. But, yeah, that, I think that's the best part. We're giving the World Cup the recognition it deserves. We're bringing it in early on this show. So that means plenty of airtime for our World Cup expert, John Tabor. Tabes joins us from 7-7 headquarters. John, what do you make? 2-1 Croatia over England. It was exciting in extra time. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> it was exciting, definitely, if you were rooting for Croatia. Oh, so I take it you were not. No, I was <laughs> Just not. Just from the tone of your voice. You're perceptive. Yes. Did, it, was it just me or basically England ran out of gas? I think that was some of it. And they just they had their chances and... You know, the 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 goals that Croatia got, and especially the one where he went up high and got it out of the air. Some of the English players were wanting a high kick, but I don't know, man. I think that was just a an all time great goal. Yeah, it, 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 just watching what I have over the course of the last two weeks, it's like you got these moments and it it, it drags a little bit, and then it just seems like there's just a little crease, and that little crease, all of a sudden, there's an explosion and excitement. And just a remarkable goal, and we certainly saw that yesterday. Yes, we did. Ben says, I'm not a soccer fan, so a serious question. Why are, were so many Americans pulling for England? That's a good question for you, Tabor. Ben wants to know. I can only answer for myself, but, you know, that's the U.S. and Ireland aren't playing, so that's about the closest thing I you know, can get to, especially when they have had a, history lately of underperforming and then they you know the they bring a team over that's i think they're 
So their youngest team they've had since 62, and they kind of exceed expectations and get hot. It's it's to me it was pretty easy to not you know it was a pretty easy decision. So it is what it is. So now we have uh, France and Croatia, and the World Cup final is Sunday. Do you know the time of that, Tabor, so we can get Jake set? Uh, I believe 10 o'clock. Church. There is your World Cup update. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Instant uh, excuse. I like the 1 o'clock games. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, all right. I'm glad that's uh, we've gotten that done. Jake, you can't even hide. I can't pretend, man. I, you know, it's it is what it is. But I'm not, you know, hating on it. If y'all like it, you're not hating on it. What are you talking about? No, that's, that's I, hating on it. That's man. not hate. Good. For, I mean, I'm glad. How about your Wimbledon update? I know you watched some of that. Roger Federer was stunned. Yeah. The number, the the some argued the goat. Yeah. Right. That's big news. Roger Federer was uh, beat by Kevin. Anderson, who came back from two sets to beat Federer in five. Have we reached the point in Wimbledon where the grass starts to fade and it gets all worn out yet? Well, you know, I didn't watch this. I just <laughs> actually read about it. But, uh, yeah. I'm not doing a whole lot of sports watching in the summer, Aaron, if you can't tell. I can tell. Yeah. World Series of Poker down to the uh, final oh, table. Oh, another thing I missed. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, good for them. You started off on fire, said we had all these great headlines, well, we do. and then you were just, you know, well, well, we the do. party pooper we're, over here. We're kind of burying the lead. I mean, your lead is going to be that you nailed the right three players Boom. that are going to the SEC That's right. Can we Your take boldest a- prediction in a year. <laughs> Can we take a minute to just appreciate myself <laughs> for getting that right yesterday? Rashard Lawrence, Devin White, and Foster Moreau will represent LSU. So... Hey, I'm not saying I'm right every time, but when I am right, I'll let you know about it. I mean, it. come on. Those are the favorites to take of over course, there. Of course. Of <laughs> course. You um, were so proud of yourself yesterday. Immediately when that came out, Rashard uh, posted yeah. it on uh, Twitter that uh, he was proud to represent LSU. A well-done tweet, by the way. It was. Uh, that he was going to the SEC media days. First thing I get is from, from Jake. Look at that. <laughs> by the way, Rashard always looked like a grown man. Yes. With the beard the way it is, man, he just looks like he's 27 years old. Yeah. He is a man among boys. Some would say, though, when he was a sophomore at Neville, he looked like a grown <laughs> I, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he looked that way yeah. at Neville, but it's just in, it further intensified. I mean, Uncle Phil is looks like he's a middle-aged man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, happy to see him getting to go out there and and i saw you retweeted it and said he'll be a media favorite and i agree 100 percent. i mean it's hard not to enjoy talking to richard lawrence um a couple other things your boy tim tebow doubled yeah. in the all-star game thoughts on that uh, this isn't the first time of course a big moment he steps up and delivers <laughs> right yeah well that's true. it seems like he does it whether it's his first at bat with a new team yeah he always finds a way in these moments you know i know it's a double a all-star game but still to have a double i don't well like done. i don't like when people just like say that so disparagingly like just oh it's double a yeah, man it's double a baseball All-Star you know game. how many baseball players have tried to make it on that level have tried to be successful and have minor league careers tim tebow's doing that give the man props i know people love to hate on tim tebow but at the end of the day you got to sit there and look at that and go you know what he played in the nfl and he's he got a double in the double a all-star game yeah and most didn't even think he'd probably get to double a and some would say well he's probably there just because of his name but uh, heck he is batting what 260 270 and if you want to put another publicity stunt, wouldn't you call him up at some point at the end of the year? I don't know about that, but I am happy to see him, you know, kind of prove those haters wrong. Because who has more haters than Tim Tebow, honestly? And, and a lot of times it's just because of the media, because of Skip Bayless, who, you know, went way too far in, in praising him. And so people on the people had to hate him to kind of counter that. Uh, counterbalance that but look i'm i'm happy that tebow's having success the mets are 37 and 53 right now they're 13 and a half games back well i mean it's the mets i know but i'm just saying you're gonna need a little bit of a push at the end of the year oh bring tebow tebow night tim tebow night okay 
Well, it is a money-making business, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I just hope he gets back in time to do his obligations for the SEC network. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you are. Other headlines this morning. Uh, Alex Bregman. Yeah. It will be in the home run derby. How about that? First Astro since Lance Berkman in 2008. Also, there are seven first-time participants in the home run derby this year. Bryce Harper, by the way. Can we commend him also? I think it's so awesome that Harper, who is one of the most popular players in the league, doesn't shy away from these things, right? I mean, this is this is what hurts the NBA because the slam dunk contest, although we all love it, and you know sometimes that it can be really exciting with guys that you've you know really never heard of, but the stars don't participate in it. And I, and I think that hurts that event. Here in Home Run Derby, you got Bryce Harper saying, yeah, let's do this. And I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I really uh, you know, think that's great that he does that, and I think it helps baseball a lot. In one of our extensive uh, pre-show meetings, I think it was a couple of days ago, you asked me, and this will be a good question for next week, uh, what would you rather watch, the slam yeah. dunk competition or the Home Run Derby competition? Yeah, I, I just feel like you can group those together because I think both are exciting, and both are – you kind of shaking your head at me. You don't think so? I still take the slam dunk, probably. I don't know. Well, now that Chris Berman's not doing the home run derby. Yeah, you you got to get over that. Back, 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 back. Astros, by the way. Oh, you're going to do an Astros update. You haven't done one in a while. Well, you've been hogging them. Bregman, who we just mentioned, was two for four last night. But they did lose eight to three to the A's. They're out, hit 10-7, to seven, uh, two errors for the Astros in this loss. Did you see the, the kid that uh, happened two nights ago, Ken Giles, the pitcher, who basically cussed out the Astros' manager, the Astros' manager is, Jake? No, I didn't see this. Oh, I was trying to test your knowledge there on who the Astros' manager was because they are our team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A.J. Hinch, I believe. <laughs> Well, I, would, I would not have gotten that. Well, anyway, Ken Giles uh, cussed him out. He was, he was getting pulled from the game. Guess who's now back in the minors? <laughs> mm, shocker. It didn't work out too well. For yeah, him. well, that's what happens. Uh, some other big news, Aaron. McKinley. Yes. This is, We probably should have – I don't know if we should have led with this. We should have got to this sooner. Let me read you this. Uh, the lead from the advocate uh, this morning. The LHSA hit McKinley High School with an unprecedented and massive all-sports penalty ruling Wednesday, including $41,968, and they threw Ooh. in 14 cents in fines and a two-year postseason ban that leads the school's new leadership with plenty of cleanup work. You got that right. So, uh, bake sale, car wash. <laughs> 41000 Well, they should have just rounded it up. $42,000 yeah. yeah. they hit McKinley with. LHSA needed some extra spending cash this <sighs> summer. Bonine needs another vacation or what? Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, what is it, two-year postseason ban as well? And they didn't. This is all because they didn't fill out paperwork for their softball team softball team of course led to other sports and they started looking into different things uh none of the violations though involved illegal recruiting or other lhsa hot button issues this is coming from the uh, advocate most violations involved lack of proper registration birth certificates and other documentation required by the lhsa the number of total violations found by the lhsa audit was more than 150 according to a source close to the situation uh, banned for the postseason for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. Absolutely awful. But uh, And uh, non-faculty and faculty coaches are suspended uh-huh. for the upcoming school year. Yeah, what do you do there? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, the highest fine before this, was it 7000 I don't know if it was the highest ever, but they were high-profile ones. Uh, Northwood Prep of a meet back in 2001. Was fine. It was seven grand. Northwood Luna, pretty much the same. But uh, yeah, when you're talking about it, six times that forty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> six times that. So uh, I'm curious. So they have to just go out and find uh, entire coaches, entire new coaching staff, and all these sports. I'm sure. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure they'll be, you know, looking to make that jump to McKinley after all this. Anyway, that was a bombshell, man. Yeah, let me find the quote here. This is from uh, 
their former football coach has not been appointed to return the schools to return to the school is the interim head coach and his quote i can tell you we're going to do everything we have to do to get the programs back to where they need to be the school and the student athletes deserve it we have to do a lot but we will move forward it will take time sir it will take time got a couple texts here sherman says he was the closer not just any pitcher talking about there you go your little astro story there uh, and Joey says, Jake, I agree with you. Bryce Harper participating in the Derby is a good thing. I was disappointed when Stanton and Judge decided not to participate. Still, you got that star power of Bryce Harper. In there. Other headlines, we'll get to the police uh, blotter uh, in our next segment because it continues to roll along during July. Don't you love the summer? Yes. Um, one little, this uh, I don't know if this is a headline, but I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, Kevin Durant Instagrammed yesterday saying – he put it on his Instagram story saying somebody needs to take Antonio Blakeney out the summer league and sign him uh, for the season because he's just been that good. Antonio Blakeney, of course, played at LSU. So I thought that was pretty cool for a guy of uh, KD stature to kind of shine the light on Blakeney. Another one. Uh, so last night I uh, didn't get a ton of sleep, I'm going to be honest. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> and I was reading a lot of stories. And one of the stories Did I read – Did you hear Russillo? No, I, I, I didn't get to, over to Russillo yet. But um, that one of the stories I read was this. I didn't actually read the Monday morning quarterback, but I read the response to the Monday morning quarterback. Of course, we know Peter King has moved on from Sports Illustrated. But whoever, I, I guess Andy Benoit is doing it now, he wrote a story, and I have a feeling some of you will take exception with this. He wrote a story basically saying that the NFL was way better than college football. Mm. Oh, hitting a sensitive spot yes. there. Yeah, very, uh, very sensitive topic. His it, main argument was? His main argument was, um, well, I, I think what he talked about was the fact that college football's chaotic nature, um, he talked about it as if it was a bad thing, when in reality, that's one of the things that attracts people to it. Just, just the pure chaos of college football. Uh, anyway, Andy Staples figured, okay, you're going to write this. I'm going to write a response. And I, I want to read you one little thing he said. I thought it was funny. He said, it's probably better for business for college football and for the NFL that both feel like separate products. Millions of people love both but favor one over the other. Mm-hmm. He said, <clears throat> Andy laid out the arguments for the people who like the NFL better. I would absolutely hire those people to build a bridge. Their love of precision and order would come in handy. The people who like college football better, that's who I'm inviting to the cookout. I, I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, anyway, if you're interested, go read those two stories. Um, one saying NFL's better than college football. The other one's kind of a response saying, for the reasons that you said that NFL's better than college football, we actually like college football better because of those reasons. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting and uh, some kind of summer fodder for you. It is part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Uh, only one guest today. That'll be uh, ULM head golf coach Tim Baldwin will join us at 745. Big two-day event coming up for ULM, of course, at the auction dinner on Friday, then the Farm Bureau Classic on Saturday. He'll break it down for us, plus we'll get his take on the Open, the British Open, coming up next week. It is Top 10 Thursday. Today's topic is... Top 10 college football games of the 2018 season. Can't wait. Also, we are continuing our college football breakdown of the conferences. Lower my mic a little bit, Aaron. It is Pac-12 after dark. You like that? No, but I want to hear it again. Do it again. Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> You're going to get to some Pac-12 action is what I'm getting at. You're not going to be doing voice uh, work for a Skidamax That wasn't good. Soon. I thought no. that was pretty good. I've been working on that. Also, uh, I failed to mention this in the headlines. ESPN, they ranked their top offenses in the NFL. The Saints weren't in the top ten. Uh, that's just a, that's clickbait right there. Yeah, well, they got my, I mean, I clicked it. They were at 11. Yeah, so we'll have to get to that later, too. All right, uh, and with other stories, you can hit us up at 888-993-7762. Pac-12 after dark. 
coming up. <laughs> the morning drive on Sports Talk 9770 turns afternoon. Welcome back to the show. I don't know if this is becoming a daily segment or not, but it is July, so this is a dangerous time, of course, for NFL and college athletes with the number of arrests. Uh, where do you want to start with here? I guess Pac-Man. Okay. So you think Pac-Man Jones, you hear that he's in the headlines, you're like, oh, what that's now? nothing new. It is July. Yeah. But this one has a little bit of a twist to it. He was actually assaulted, allegedly. So there's video of this, if you yeah. want to look it up. Um, we were excited to watch the video. Yeah, we were excited. I was a little disappointed because you hear Pac-Man in a fight, you expect it to be wildly entertaining. Yeah. So what happened was he was at the airport, and an employee there, I guess he did he flip him off? He did something. The worker identified as uh, Fred Reagan made a gesture towards Jones at about 10 p.m., uh, confronted, uh, Jones confronted the man about what the gesture meant, and then the two began to argue on Concourse B near Gate B6. That's extensive That's details yes, there at yes. the Hearts, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. So the employee has enough, and he walks over toward Pac-Man. Yeah. Here we lose a little bit of the, the visual. The Whoever's recording did an awful job. <laughs> <laughs> they, they lose track of the action, uh, which is a no-no, right, Aaron? Yeah. Anyway, uh, when we return to, to, to the scene, yeah. uh, we already see – the, the guy who, who the employee swinging at Jones. So yeah. we're led to assume that he was the initiator of in this. his airport vest, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could see him clearly. Right. So then Pac-Man fires back yeah. and um, the employee gets on, you know, back. He backs up the employee a little bit. Yeah. Pac-Man, by the way, you, you were you were hyping him up a little bit, said, oh, I think Pac-Man used to be a fighter. Yeah, I think I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, he's just been in a lot of fights and yeah. stuff that I, th I thought, you know, might have some technique maybe. Yeah. No technique. <laughs> <laughs> None. He's swinging wildly, swinging for the fences. But he does connect, and he does drop the employee. little advice, though. I, I don't think I'd ever pick a fight with a professional athlete. No, they're much quicker than you. Yeah. They have uh, a lot better reactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're getting paid to play sports. By the way, a shameless plug. I went out and uh, watched a little bit of a Cam Sims, former Washington, and of course, Alabama player, uh, working out yesterday. Yeah. He was doing the gloves. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> you saw him hit some pads, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty impressive. Uh -huh. That's Troy Lair tonight at Canary, by the way. Oh, nice He's plug. with the Washington Redskins. Good plug. Yes. So, yeah, that was uh, – that was kind of a typical Pac-Man story, kind of a, you know. Yeah, but he's the victim in this case. Mm. The other guy has been charged. So here's the deal. He was the aggressor. Here's the deal. Pac-Man could have easily walked away yeah. because the guy got on his horse. Was he, he decided he didn't want any of Pac-Man. Yeah. There was some separation there, and Pac-Man could have walked away. Yeah. Now, I understand if someone swings at you, you're going to be heated. You're not likely to walk away from that situation. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, I, I still think it, it could have been avoided. You could argue that. All right, let's get serious now. Uh, we talked about Kellen Winslow Jr. and, of course, uh, the charges and serious charges against him with uh, rape and other crimes last month. Well, he goes to court yesterday, and three men who accused him of rape and those crimes could not identify him in court on the first day of the hearings. In fact, one of the ladies identified his lawyer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So Winslow made me uh, get a little bit of an out here because when the story first came out, and that's why we should never assume someone's guilty, it did not look good for uh, Kellen Winslow and, of course, uh, the three ladies. And one of them was 54. The other one was 71. The 71-year-old accused said a strange man had entered her mobile home, and while there was no harm to her, she reported to the police after seeing Winslow was arrested earlier in the month. However, sitting in the courtroom, she failed to identify him. Yeah. So just saying. Not good. Um, Day two of the hearing is set for today uh, when the other alleged rape victim is scheduled to testify. You say that we shouldn't assume anything, but we were assuming yesterday about LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> pretty, pretty uh, – I think a lot of people were actually. He's kind of making the nightly round of the news. Yeah, this does not bode well for him. When it crosses over from Sports Center, then you're on the nightly news. Yeah. And it's just not a little blurb, 15, 20 seconds. When they're doing a two-minute piece on you and, of course, the allegations against you and your ex-girlfriend, that's not good. Not good at all. 
All right, so this should be separate from, from those two. I don't want to group this in with those two, but uh, just kind of while we're on the topic of NFL and, and you know, off-season stories, you see this uh, Dante Jackson yeah. story. Not a good tipper, apparently. So supposedly he was down in uh, New Orleans and was at a restaurant, and uh, the bill came to about $120. Dante decided to tip $5. But then to add insult to injury to the waiter, on the bill where they leave tip, he writes $5, and then where the zeros are, he puts smiley faces on them. <laughs> well, it's all fun and games. Dante walks out of there, obviously had some bad service, gets a little chuckle. I stuck it to them for $5. Well, in today's world, you know how it works. The waiter goes blast. to Twitter. Put on blast. Yeah. And he rightfully should, you know. Uh, you you got you to tip people well, right? That's one of my pet peeves. He tweeted back, well. you got five more dollars than you had before. You should be grateful. Oh, not Jackson a good Jackson signed a four-year, $4.8 million deal. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, they go back to his Twitter line for Dante Jackson. And in the past, he says, keep the change is something I rarely say. <laughs> You That's where it say. gets you in trouble. You don't say, Dante. You might need to change your tune now that you're making that kind of money. Yeah. So, was he in the wrong? Absolutely. Even though it was horrible service. I don't care. Still, tip, allegedly a horrible still, service. I mean, if it's if even if it's horrible service, shouldn't you at least tip ten percent? Yeah. Right. I feel like that's on the lower end if it's horrible service. Hmm. What says you? Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. It is the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash Text Line. That is your police report for today. Dante got grouped into that. Yeah, sorry, Dante, but, you know, we, we, we made a full segment of it. Uh, are you ready for our uh, top ten games? You want to dive into that or you want to go Big 12? Big 12, Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7 is back after this. Jake is starting to creep me out. <laughs> Let's go off the rails just for a second. Uh, our stories there in the police reports uh, led Ty to send in a text. Yeah, which got us to Google uh, this story. So a homeless man. What was Ty's text first? I, you know, this computer's so bad, I don't want to risk jumping okay. off this page. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be honest Honesty. with you. And mine froze too, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. A homeless man with no arms has been charged with stabbing a tourist in Florida. So the Miami Beach police say 46-year-old Jonathan Crenshaw held a pair of scissors with his feet and stabbed 22-year-old Cesar Coronado just after midnight Tuesday. Not to be rude, but he couldn't get away. <laughs> he had to have been asleep, right? I'm sure the guy was asleep. Uh, That's the only way this could happen, right? Uh, anyway, Crenshaw is well-known in Miami Beach as a street artist. He uses his feet to paint. Well, he also uses his feet to stab. Anyway, great story. Thanks for that, uh, Ty. Um, that we could have grouped that with the others in the NFL. Yeah. All right, where do you want to go? You want to go top ten? Sure. Let's start with uh, some honorable mentions, and then of course I think we need to start too with our uh, three schools besides LSU that we follow extensively. And I think I could make the argument though, and I think LSU. Louisiana Tech, September 22nd, should be on my top ten list of games. Oh, oh, here we go. Well, it's just, it depends on what, like if we did a top ten list of local games. These are our top ten games. This is the Todd Berry list. Todd Berry can go to any game in the country. We're going to help him out. We're going to send him our list, said, hey, make your schedule. These are the ten games but that Aaron, you need to be at. if it's your top ten list. Yeah. Are you gonna even want to tune into a Pac-12 game? Like, are you? Do you even have a Pac? Do you have a Big 12 game? Yes, of course. I got USC UCLA on there. In your top ten? Mm, that's how I roll. Okay, I can't wait to see your top ten. Mm. Um, I so is that your number one pick for Louisiana Tech? Is that their top game? You say against yeah. LSU? Mm -hmm. Okay, I I disagree with that. I mean, obviously, it's gonna be. You know, we're all going to be anxiously anticipating what happens in that game, of course, for, you know, for the, for the local reasons and, and just because it's going to be fun to see an in-state matchup when Louisiana Tech should be – they should be improved from last year. Mm -hmm. And LSU, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty surrounding LSU. So because of those two reasons, you have a – you know, you have a potential for – 
fireworks. You have potential for chaos, yeah. which is what I was just talking about with college football. You know what this reminds me a lot of, and this is probably uh, it's not before your time. 2009, Louisiana Tech, LSU, of course, and LSU's yeah. offense that was struggling. A lot of people forget uh, the Bulldogs went to the half actually ahead. I think it was 13 to 10. It was the jump pass from uh, Daniel, Daniel Porter to Dennis Moore. It's probably the best play calling that Derek Dooley did during his time at Louisiana Tech. That place, Tiger Stadium, was quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that year, uh, Louisiana Tech, in that game against LSU, actually outgained them in yardage and also in first downs. Yeah, that was the Jordan Jefferson year where he was atrocious. That was also the year, I, I know, <laughs> the one year he was bad. No, but I mean, that was the year he was the starter, the first year he was a starter. Uh, and it was really bad. And it was also, I believe that was the year that, uh, he spiked the ball yeah. on fourth down against yeah. Ole Miss, which, or, or with one second, le- one second left to lose that game. This is also why I have this game uh, put it so high. But just consider, we don't know what LSU's record is going to be at that point. If they lose against Miami, they lose against Auburn, there's going to be so much pressure on yeah, Ed Orgeron and his Tigers for that game. Absolutely, I agree. But I don't think that's Louisiana Tech's biggest game. Well, you could like say UAB, October 6th, of course, the rematch, trying to get a little revenge. And, and I, I'm sure you got Lane Kiffin when they go down to Florida. Atlanta. I do. And the reason why I have FAU is because FAU is the measuring stick in the conference now. And Louisiana Tech isn't far from contention in Conference USA. So because of that and because of the way FAU you know, put a beat down on Louisiana Tech last year, I have this at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. I, I'm most anxious to see Louisiana Tech get another shot at Lane Kiffin's team. And, you know, I, I want to see how just how far this Louisiana Tech team is away from winning the Conference USA title. So th- that's why that's my biggest game when I'm looking at Louisiana Tech's schedule. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, UAB is obviously going to be a big one. Uh, LSU, for different reasons, yeah. But I, I think FAU, it has – you know, there's importance with the conference. There's, you know, what happened last year. And there's, you know, the, the state of the program. That's going to tell you where this program is more than any of the, those other games you mentioned, I feel. All right. One final thing about this, Jake. And we've talked about it a couple times. When somebody in this state does eventually take down LSU, what it Huge. means to that program and the perception of them. I mean, it's one thing when, when Troy pulls the upset. Right, right, right. But when another Louisiana mm-hmm. school does it, it's, yeah. it's completely different. And it's going to send people in Baton Rouge into a panic. Exactly. Um, Ed Orgeron, if he loses to Tech, I doubt he's still head coach that Monday. Correct. I, I really do. And that's not to say, you know, losing to – it's just because losing to an in-state school just, in their mind, should never happen right. at LSU. And especially if they've lost one or two games before that. Yeah. And isn't uh, LSU uh, Auburn the week before? And I think Tech yeah. has the week off leading into LSU. It's dangerous because LSU never plays well at Auburn. Or, or I should say recently hasn't played well at Auburn. Mm. Last three or four times they've been there, they've played really, really bad. They've lost, I think, four of the last five times they've been there. So, yeah, that's it's an interesting game. But I, I put the FAU game above it. So the big buildup, and then, of course, LSU will probably go out and smoke. Louisiana Tech, like the 2007 like, game, what was it, 58 to 10? Yeah, well, it was. But that's that team from LSU that year was pretty special. Well, yeah, but uh, it's <laughs> like the uh, the two lane Grambling hype we had last yeah. year too. You know, we were really building that up, and yeah. then it just didn't kind of. Oh, right, let's go there with the uh, Grambling, and we said you cannot pick the Bayou Classic, of course, is the must see game for the Tigers. I say right out of the gates as they go down to Lafayette. I agree with you. You know, ULL has a brand new coach. Uh, it's the very first game of the season. If Grambling can somehow pull off this upset without Kincaid and Carter in the backfield, I think Fobbs, as as a coach, enters a whole new realm in terms of appreciation. We you know we already you know whenever we talk about Fobbs, we we, we obviously praise follows when we talk about him. But if he were able to lead this Grambling team without those studs in the backfield to topple a team like ULL. I bet Billy Napier is not sleeping well this summer thinking about that season opener. I'm sure he's not. It's a, it's a, it, you know, it's one of those situations where it's a no-win situation, right? If you win, you're supposed to win. If you lose, it's, it's you're going to have that same type of panic that I talked about with the LSU and Baton Rouge if they were to lose to a, another in-state school. Mm. 
uh, ULM, the one game or the couple games that we're looking forward to. I went back and forth, of course, with the, the Troy game September 22nd at home. But I think a lot of it boils down to just the excitement. And this program needs to create a buzz. And how many times have we seen it with Warhawk fans? When ULM gets off to a rough start record-wise, it's hard for them to regain any kind of momentum and to get any kind of fan base to come out there and support this team. With that said, they got Southeastern the first week at home, the Thursday night game. Second week, they go to Southern Miss. They have an opportunity to start 2-0 and and then a trip to Texas A&M uh, will be pretty huge for this team. That's my game, the Southern Miss game, just because, you know, how do you fill Malone Stadium? Well, you start by beating teams you aren't supposed to. And on paper, they're not supposed to beat USM. You know, ULM's offense is proven capable of scoring points on anyone. And so I think ULM has a legitimate chance to win this game because Southern Miss isn't exactly feeling great about themselves right now. They're, they're trending downward, right? And so with them kind of losing momentum, and let's go back to last year, ULM had a pretty competitive game against Memphis early on. I know that was a crazy game with crazy weather conditions, but still, I, I just think ULM has the athletes to compete with a team like USM, and mm. we've seen crazier things happen. They, they beat Southern Miss, and now we're starting to see Malone Stadium uh, you know, fill up a little bit. If they do lose, of course, to Southern Miss and Texas A&M, they'll be more than likely one and two. And then you look, of course, at that September 22nd game at home versus Troy. Huge ball game, yeah. conference play, and the fact we talked about keeping the fans inter- interested. After that home game against Troy, you literally have to wait an entire another month before the Warhawks are back at home. Well, imagine though if they get off to a two and zero start, yeah. right? If they do, if they are able to beat Southern Miss, we go from you know two and one, and you got Troy coming to your place. Yeah, and there's a legitimate possibility that you're going to a bowl. Like, if you start off 2-0, and those chances increase dramatically, right? So, I, I just that's why I put that as, as, the, as the, the top priority game in my mind. Just because if you win that game, man, it, everything else kind of sets up for you the rest of the season. There's the uh, local games of interest. They did not crack our top ten. We will certainly get into that. we got a number of texts here. You we do. You want to go, Jake? Oh, man, people have a lot of opinions about tipping. So... Shane says, if someone is bad at their job and is on social media at their job, no, they yeah. don't deserve a good tip. This in reference to uh, the waiter, of course, uh, putting out on social media that Dante Jackson tipped $5 on a $120 bill. Dwayne says, no, you tip based on service. I'll tip 20 to 25% normally for good service, but I'll leave $2 to $5 for bad service. Mm. Uh, Gary says, Jake, you do not tip if you have horrible service, period. You are okay to tip, but the food is horrible, but the service was great. You're messing it up for everybody else tipping (laughs) (laughs) or not tipping is how you send a message without saying a word. Man, I I thought 10% was like a a message that, hey, I wasn't really happy with your service, but I'm tipping you because we're supposed to tip. Um, And then, you know, 15 and above says, hey, I'm happy with. Do you give them a pass then when they blame it on the kitchen said they're just backed up and extremely busy right yeah, now? Yeah, because it's not their fault. But if I see my waiter over there on his phone, you know, that's a little different. I might be inclined to leave a much less uh, tip, and, and I understand what people are saying there. But Then is it adding insult to injury like Dante Jackson did with the $5 and then putting the smiley faces in the twos, <laughs> zeros? Bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is. Also, we've got a couple of texts about the, the scissor story. Yeah. A couple of comedians. Russell says. The scissor story related to. Uh, the, there was a homeless man in Miami who stabbed, who, who has no arms. He stabbed a tourist with his feet. He had scissors with his feet and stabbed the man. Russell says, you are not supposed to run with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Shane says, wonder if the scissors were a foot long. Hmm. Russell also says, I hate feeling obligated to tip. I'd rather it just be included. There you go. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. We're looking forward to a big weekend in ULM Athletics as they get ready to play host a pretty cool event, auction dinner on Friday, then, of course, a big golf tournament on Saturday. Still an opportunity for you to get involved. You'll hear from the Warhawks head golf coach, Tim Baldwin, coming up after the break. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake, my wife's out of town this week. 
Yeah. You know, you get an opportunity to play a little golf. Fire it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big events this weekend, of course, features the ULM golf team. It is the Farm Bureau Classic. Warhawks head coach Tim Baldwin joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Good morning, guys. How are you all? Good. I know this is an extremely busy time for you to kind of pull everything together for this event. Just how important is this event for your golf program? Oh, it is huge. This, these are our two major events of the year. Um, the auction uh, this Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m. on campus is, is big. We, uh, we anticipate two, 300 people there uh, Friday night, so we've got a, numerous live auction items. We've got I think we've got 35 silent auction items. Uh, big night. We, we hope to raise uh, a bunch of money that evening, and, uh, and, and we'll move that into the golf tournament the following day at Calvert Crossing. Uh, let's start there. And, of course, pretty cool. If anybody hasn't been out to the new Bayou Point on the ULM campus, a new venue for them, and it is gorgeous. It'll be there Friday night. In terms of the silent auction and things up for grabs, uh, what are some of the key things that people can bid on? Well, we've got numerous condos um, on the coast there available. We've got a, a new thing this year. We've got a membership, a one-year membership to the David Toms Academy, uh, the 265 Academy over in Shreveport. You know, David just recently went in the U.S. Open. Um, we've got numerous uh, ULM Warhawk-type items uh, tied to athletic events. We've got mowers. We've got autograph items. We've got uh, a trip out to Colorado. Um, I know we had it last year, and the folks that went had an incredible time. Really endorsed that. Um, those are some of the lives, and then we've got uh, um, just just numerous things. A lot of ULM golf type items. Uh, we've got a lot of golf packages to do different golf courses uh, in the area, and um, you know within a couple hours of the area. Um, just just a lot of neat stuff. Uh, golf golf people and, and others. Uh, alike will we'll certainly like a lot of our items there are, there are a number of uh, charity uh, golf tournaments throughout the summer but i can make the case that this is the one that people have circle on their calendars every year because of the smack talk and of course uh, how competitive it gets on saturday what's it like as you hear from uh, area golfers as they try to go out and win this thing on saturday well it is very competitive it, it's, it's neat to see that uh, a lot of these guys try to hustle up the very best players they can i know uh last year uh Play Weems. Um, there's several guys that play both in the morning and afternoons, and, and a lot of them try to assemble the best teams they can and uh, kind of have a, a, a running deal where you know they try to try to win this thing every year. So uh, very competitive. Uh, what, one of the cool things we, we did last year is on one of the holes, hole number 15, we brought our track man out there last year, and uh, everybody that comes through that's playing in the golf tournament. Um, you know, there's a video taken of their golf swing and then all their track man numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we collect all that information and then actually email that out to every individual in the golf tournament. And you can actually pull up, uh, um, you know, Rory McElroy or one of the guys on tour and kind of look at their numbers and their golf swing compared to your numbers. Now, a lot of people like that. A lot of people get discouraged by that, but it's still good fun for, for folks. Coach, thankfully this thing is flighted, but uh, typically for this scramble, what would be the winning score for a team? Well, you know, they go pretty low. We've got the tees, tees up a little bit. I would think, uh, you know, 18, 20 under par uh, is, is, is a pretty good number. Uh, there's going to be some reachable par fives, and, uh, you know, it ends up, you know, certainly lengthens an advantage, but you got to get the ball in the hole, so you got to have – uh, capable people that can can do both but uh, it, it's going to be low it's always a, a low scoring event uh and I, i'm sure a couple of these guys are listening right now if you had to kind of handicap the best golfers that will be in this tournament hackers from this area who are some of the guys that you should keep an eye out on well i mean clay weems always puts together a good team uh, he's got bart dornier former ulm golfer coming up uh lana hodge uh um who's who's a, a, a good female player in the area mm-hmm. um he's got the tenoris uh, playing on his team in the afternoon um but there's uh you know bob cooper always puts together good teams um i know doug far is playing and he'll he'll have a good team <clears throat> um some of the some of the ladies in the area put together good teams so it's just going to be a Kind of a mix of uh, you know whoever can get 
going on today and make those putts. May have a few listeners out there that don't have a team together. Are there spots still available? And if you are not a golfer, I guess you're still invited to get a ticket and come out on Friday, correct? Absolutely. We've still got a few spots available. We're, we're limited to, to 25 teams in both morning and afternoon flights. We're, we're a couple teams uh, shy of that number in the morning, and we've got a little more room in the afternoon. Uh, we could still certainly accommodate a few more teams. Um, they just need to reach out to me at uh, 318-342-3569. Um, really today, tomorrow morning at the very latest, uh, we'd have to get those folks in. And, and, and I'm sure I'll get some calls to, to get a couple more teams. And then for those uh, that are interested in coming to the auction, um, um, you know, they're certainly invited. Uh, we, the more the merrier. Um, we we want to have a big evening. If you've got some interest in our golf program and maybe – you know, uh, are looking to reach out and, and get get in touch. Uh, come join us. It's from six to nine p.m. on on Friday evening at, at, on campus at Bayou Point. And finally, Coach, I know you're concentrating on this classic, the Farm Bureau Classic, this weekend. Next week, uh, of course, the British Open. We have a, a buddy of ours, a, a avid listener. He makes the argument that this major is the best of all the majors. Can you make that argument? Well, it is, it is one of the best. I mean, I don't know that it's better than the Masters or the U.S. Open or the PGA. It's, it's unique in that it's um, in that rotation of those, those great British courses, the U.K. courses. Um, you know, I was talking to Bob Cooper earlier this morning, and, and Bob played it here in the last uh, month. Um, and, and I asked him specifically, you know, his, his, his interpretation. He said very, very specifically, it's, it's just hard and um, very tight. Uh, the rough is, uh, when he played it, was a foot, foot and a half tall, and, and that you get it in there, and, and it just flips the club over, and you just have to gouge it out. So, you know, wind will play a factor. Uh, bunkers are difficult. You know, you got the valley burn that uh, has destroyed some, some rounds uh, late for, for guys that were looking to win that thing over the years. Uh, can play firm and fast. Uh, strategy is going to be huge. Uh, you got to be a thinker. You got to keep the ball in play, and you know, depending on the weather, you know, it may play over par. Uh, I know uh, um, it's hard to believe, but uh, that type of golf course can certainly humble the very best players in the world. Coach, finally, uh, globally, world uh, golf in a good spot right now with the the mix of uh, youngsters, veterans, and of course the the players oh worldwide. Absolutely, golf is in a great place. I hear I hear the comments all the time about you know it's losing ground, blah blah blah. You know I've been in this game a long time, and I think golf is in a great place. There there are so many uh, so many young players that are just out there and, and you know winning early, and and there's so many great college players coming out every year. Um, these guys are, are, are you know not afraid of winning, not afraid of going low. Uh, and this, even the guys that have been out there a long time, I mean, shoot, they, they bring it and uh, in, in are certainly capable on their week to, to, to win and, and win multiple times. So I think our sport is in a great place and um, uh, continuing to thrive. Tim Baldwin, finally, one more time, uh, listeners out there want to get involved in the tournament on Saturday or, of course, the silent auction and the dinner on Friday or both. What do they need to do? Well, main thing is just try to call me directly at this point, uh, 318-342-3569. I can certainly give you information on getting in the golf tournament and uh, more specifics on where our event is on Friday evening. As always, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Have a great week. Take care, Ed. Bye-bye. ULM head coach, Tim Baldwin. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Still getting texts about this tip situation. Calling you a cheapskate. Well... Kent here actually, I actually agree with this. He kind of sides with me. He says, if you have a bad day at work, does your employer not pay you? Servers get a low hourly rate and tips make up for it. You should always tip at least 10%. I agree with that, Kent. You want to continue with our top 10? Uh, We're right up against the break here, the 8 o'clock hour. So coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to go through our top 10, and then, of course, we're going to dive into the Pac-12. Which conferences have we already broken down this week? Man, we have gone through it. We've gone through the ACC. Yeah. We've touched on the Big Ten. We've hit on the Big 12. And coming up, we will unveil 
the Pac-12. All right, without using that creepy voice, uh, Pac-12 overall, you have done extensive research. What makes this conference attractive this year? Mm, Washington. Jake Browning. Uh, Well, it's not just Jake Browning. Second most famous Browning that we know. (laughs) That's right. Second behind only Colton. Uh, I think Colton's still playing, by the way. Oh, oh really? Uh, what, what league? Uh, arena. Awesome. Yeah. Good for Colton. Um, yeah, I, I think Washington is why the Pac-12 is so interesting because I've said it a lot this week. If they get off to a hot start and beat Auburn, that sets the table for you know Washington making that run to the college football playoff. And I look around in the conference – and there are like one or two teams I think can really challenge them, maybe. But uh, overall, I think Washington will represent the league, has a good chance of representing the league in the college football playoff. If they lose to Auburn, though, I, I have my doubts that a one-loss team, even if it is the very first game of the season, have my doubts that a one-loss team from the Pac-12 can actually make it. You just wanted to do Pac-12 because you wanted an opportunity to talk about Mike Leach. And, of course, we can also get into mm-hmm. the debate about Oregon, how the Pac-12 needs the Ducks to get back among the nation's elites, or at least the top 15, 20 teams. I think they will get back to top 15, top 20. I also think that Stanford's going to be better than most people are anticipating. I think a lot of people look at the losses on defense and kind of worry about that with Stanford. But, man, Stanford returns more on offense. I would say this is the most they returned since they had Andrew Luck back in, what, 2011? So there are a lot of compelling storylines regarding the Pac-12 this year. 7 o'clock hour in the books. We'll do the Pac-12 preview. Also, we'll dive into our top 10 college football games this year you don't want to miss. Also, our Coaching Legends series will continue in the 8 o'clock hour. The Morning Drive returns after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.